you want to be a brand that is ready to, you know, bring something forward to the consumer. The consumer has to be at the center. It has to be consumer-centric. We are the service of the consumer. It's how you're going to bring the consumer the best product, the best service. It's not about what I like. It's what, what the consumer's needs are, what the consumer uh, preferences are, the consumer emotions are, and how you serve to those. We talk to people, and we have to remember that consumers are the center. And if we don't have them, no business will exist. Welcome to Loud and Clear, the podcast for those who actually give a shit about advertising. I am your host, Francisco Cárdenas, Principal of Digital Integration for Lerma, and as always, Rolf Ruiz is on the controls as a producer. But today is special. Today, on top of having an amazing guest that surely will define what will be for dinner tonight, we have my co-host, Maria Diaz, which is something we have not done in a while and excited to do it now. To briefly introduce Maria, she's a brand creative art director at Lerma. She's a member of AAF Dallas, One Club and Art Directors Club. She has worked at BBDO Honduras and Atlanta. She also helped Sachi Honduras and helped handle the social media for president of Honduras. We also have our guest, Victoria Petrella, vice president and international marketing at Domino's Pizza. Welcome, Victoria. How are you? Hola, Francisco. How are you? I'm really happy to be here. We're so excited that you're here. Let me paint a little bit a picture of who you are to the audience and your trajectory. Victoria is currently a member of the international team that leads the company's marketing strategy by working closely with Domino's master franchises and marketers around the world. She joined Domino's in 2010 to run the Hispanic marketing program in a time, as many of you marketing nerds know, Domino's was going through extreme changes. And yes, these changes were very positive. So in a way, she was a catalyst of that change. She oversaw media planning and buying for general market and Hispanic and for many programs, including the Coca-Cola program. Her background comes from the agency side. She spent 11 years at Dieste, where I had the, the fortune of meeting her, and she worked for Hyundai, Taco Bell, and Levi's. She has also worked for Bravo Group and YNR. She is originally from Argentina and today lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She lives with her husband and two daughters, which I guess, you know, makes makes the weather fine no matter how it is. So <laughs> lucky to be there. Victoria, did I miss anything on your intro that you want to add? No, I, I think it's just to remind everyone that, yes, I started advertising and I started working in advertising back in Argentina. So until I decided to pack up and do my MBA in the U.S. and and 27 years later, I'm still here. Wow, great, great immigrant story. So we wanted to start a little bit like, you know, obviously talk about you, what you've done. I think your story is amazing. You coming from Argentina, but start a little bit with like what's going on with pizza today, right? Like the marketplace, you know, we're coming from a pandemic just to set the stage for our audience, which in a way has never left us. 
but habits and consumer, you know, preferences as far as like food, etc., have changed or perhaps have not changed. And you have been able to see this not only in the U.S., but around the world with the markets that you handle. What is your sentiment of, of pizza in general and, and how it's moving, especially for Domino's? The reality is pizza is always loved, regardless <laughs> where you are. You cannot say no to pizza. And we have not seen a decline on consumer preference or anything like that around the world. Yes, but uh, there is countries that they love pizza and they eat pizza every day because culturally that's closer to who they are. There are others that it becomes more like a special occasion when I'm celebrating a birthday or something like that. But at the end of the day, as a food, is something that everyone's enjoy and want more and more. And that's where Domino's shows up every day. Because it's not just about the food that we bring to the table, it's that magical pizza experience that with our technology, with our service, with our franchisees, with our team members around the world, we make that moment very special. Yes, I mean, it's a, definitely a go-to solution for for emergencies and non-emergencies, right? Like special moments and, and things like that. So it was it was very funny when 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 Maria and I were preparing for this, we read somewhere like kind of hinting pizza fatigue, but evidently yeah. that has not happened. You can see it in the results and, and, and how, how people are still going back to that delicious flavor of pizza, especially Domino's. Definitely. And we have seen that, you know, all over the world, like you said before. They mentioned something interesting that pizza is always trending. And I think it, it happens a lot because as you say, like everyone has it and it's always loved. Yep. So Victoria, in 2010, you decided to go to Domino's. Domino's was going through what I think now and looking back an amazing transition. And I like to think, obviously, because I knew you and I know what you have done is that you were part of that that transition. How did you feel coming to Domino's in, a, in, in such a key moment? I, I believe 2008, 2009, 2010 was of, of transition. Like what made you make that decision? There's a lot of like, trending, you know, rock stars moving from ad agencies to, to the client side. But what were you thinking? Of course, like a woman like you coming as an immigrant from Argentina and then agency, then client. I mean, super exciting. Yeah, you know, this goes back to when I started working in the ad world back in early 90s. And so try not to make the math. Uh, <laughs> I will say that back then after I studied advertising, I got my degree, went to the advertising agency and I was working with my clients and always being on the account side. I realized I was missing something and I wanted to understand the business. What happened in the other side? I was very curious. I, I'm a very curious person by nature. And so I wanted to understand, okay, but I want to know more. So how did they got to that idea? How they got to those numbers? Why, why this and not that, right? And that at that point is when I said, maybe I'm missing something. I, I maybe I, I might want to go and test drive at some point the other side. Mm -hmm. And for that, I realized I, I was lacking some business uh, acumen. And that's when I decided to do my MBA and I said, well, I could have done it in Argentina. I could have taken a class there or something. But I said, well, I was, you know, single, still young. And I said, why well, don't pack up and, you know, 
do this experience of studying abroad. With the idea of coming back, it was never an idea of immigration in, in, in that oh, path. Okay. That's so I came to do my MBA and then, but by nature of my background and my experience, Actually, one of my old bosses from Argentina was already working in YNR. So he called me and then I joined, of course, being Hispanic and knowing the language and the culture, it kind of, I gravitated again to advertising, but it was always in the back of my head. So can I go to the client side? Can I experience that? What is that? And I didn't know what I was going to find, to be honest. And came 2010 and it was a transition period. I think as as a country in the U.S., you know, mm. we we're going through a recession. There was many things going on, and I will say it was a transition also going on at Domino's, where they mm-hmm. started to look for new talent and expanding what they were doing. And I found this job posting, and I was remember was it on LinkedIn? Was it on LinkedIn? It, or was, it you... was like a it was like a Monster.com something oh, like wow. that, and Back I then. posted. Oh my resume at midnight and the next morning they said domino's you know was calling and like domino's like i didn't order pizza (laughs) i I, like didn't put two and two together so went through a few interviews over the phone and flew here to an arbor michigan of all places it was summer and i think that's why they were hiring me during summer you fell in love um, in summer yeah it it was beautiful great (laughs) weather and I will say from that moment I walk into the building, I felt something special. And and I think also what made it special was talking to the people at the company where you were, there was not hierarchical, there was not the boss, it was people that will work with you. And I had the chance to meet because today our CEO, he was a CMO at the time, Russell Winner who has been, you know, talking to many colleges around the, the world about the success story of Domino's because that who he was the catalyst to the change at that point and what he wanted to bring forward for the brand. And so I have seen the campaign on TV. I have read about what was happening at Domino's, met all these great people, and I said, I have to be there. Mm-hmm. And it was to do what I already knew that was, you know, talking to the Hispanic consumer. So I always had this idea of going to the client. This was going to be my first, you know, try. And my first try is 12 years in in the making and and going. So it has been a, a great experience and really, really validated that sometimes not your career is not just in one place. I only can work in that agency. I only can work in in some specific area. There is is more about your skill sets and how they translate to whatever workplace, department, company you're in. And especially when your personal values are aligned with the company values. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, it's almost like you, you, you start thinking, I wanna bring value for brands. And if the best way of doing this is being in an agency and bring those values and bring those brands to life, that's great. But if you're able to do that and, and do it within the brand itself, that's also great. And, and like you said, here you are 12 years later, yeah. you know, moving forward with an amazing project. So did they lay out like I, I know you've seen some ads and some changes, but did they lay out when you were talking to them a plan down the pipeline of how 
Domino's was going to change as a brand, not only in the U.S., but in the world. You were part of that world approach, right? Yeah, at that point, it was very U.S.-centric, I will say. Mm. We were not yet talking how to roll that out internationally. That came a few years later because we were not that big internationally when I joined in 2010. Even when I joined International five and a half years ago, we were not in so many countries as we are today. Oh, wow. uh, the reality was, yes, there was a plan, there was a vision, but also you have to see how the market is receptive to that and how they continue to respond. And the response, of course, was as predicted. It was a lot of data going into those decisions on, on how to act and how to bring those brand actions forward. But it was to continue that path. There was there was a vision of of also thinking as a brand, as a work in progress brand. And that's what we believe. We are a work in progress brand. Always you're never, in beta. No? You're, Always yeah, in beta. You're, you're, exactly. So it's a very growth mind type of company. So very like a tech company, if you think about it, right? So we're always thinking forward. What you do today, you can do it better tomorrow. You continue to evolve. Consumers evolve. The world evolves. So you have to evolve with that. So that's why we, we, we talk internally, we, we talk a lot about being a work in progress friend because we believe that you're never done. You're always looking to, it's, it's like a person, you're trying to be tomorrow a better person than you were today. And I think that is so intrinsic of the values of the company. They're aligned with my personal values that I think that was great to join that journey. Do you ingrain those values with your agencies uh, just for them to be aligned in that mindset? Yeah, well, the U.S. agency and, and I don't work necessarily side by side with them in a day to day right now, but their name is work in progress. Yeah. So the agency is work in progress. <laughs> so definitely that is ingrained in the way we we think as a company, but the way the agency thinks as well. Yeah. It's funny, like when we work with creatives like Maria, they're, they're always, you know, there's always a better way to do it. Like the, the work is never done. So we love that mindset. And I think, yeah, just even, even launching a site is continually being in that beta mindset or work in progress. As you know, and here I'm going to let Maria also jump in, but we are a podcast that kind of intends to challenge or, or get some insight into how as ad agencies we can be better and of better services to our clients. You being in both worlds and working with creatives and seeing how everything evolves, I would love to hear your perception of how do we see the relationship of agencies and brands evolve, especially from the 90s, right? When you started to now and you know where the strategy come from, like what is happening between these two relationships in general? I think that the evolution has been fascinating. You know, I, I was thinking about this and, you know, when uh, in the 90s, even just think about how agency will be compensated. It yeah, was a 17.5% yeah. of media commission because you were creating the ad, buying the ad, the ad everything in the same place, mm -hmm. right? Now is you work with a media agency and you work with a creative agency. And many times a digital agency and many digital agencies and right. So the world has changed and how you engage has changed because even the compensation change is compensation. Mm -hmm. Many cases about 
you know, objectives, right? So in many cases, brands pay agencies based on sales objectives also, or certain things of achievements. So the important thing of this is how you partner with agencies as side by side. It's not, it's not a service, but it's a partnership, definitely. They have to be the same team. And I think sometimes it has been more a service. Okay, here's a brief, bring me the idea, show up to the meeting and I like it or like it. But, you know, I, I think that co-creation and the conversation, the constant conversation to think strategically about the brand, that is where agencies have to play today. But the other thing that I, I think is key is to understand data. Today, we have so much data about consumers and especially as a retail brand. You know, if I, I think about Domino's or other brands, think about, you know, even Amazon, how mm -hmm. much information we have about consumers. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to a consumer attention? What does it mean to the consumer problem you're trying to solve and bring that forward to the agency and work through that together? Because before it was just a couple of focus groups and then we move on. Today, yeah. it's not that. You have sales and behavior that you know when they're online or not when they're not online. You know what they buy yesterday and what they're going to buy next week. So all of that, but you had to put all that together. And so I think it's when the agency embraced that process that many times like, no, I don't want to look at the data. You know, I know what the consumer wants. You know, embrace that because at the end of the day, it's not, you know, for us, it's for the consumer and the consumer has to be at the center. It has to be consumer centric. We are the service of the consumer is how you're going to bring the consumer the best product, the best service. And so it's not about what I like it's what what the consumer needs are, what the consumer uh, preferences are the consumer emotions are and how you serve to those, right? So I think that's important that agencies, you know, embrace that process of looking at the data. And that is not data for the sake of data, but it's a data because a spreadsheet is a spreadsheet and there's a bunch of data points, but that has to be translated into an insight. Mm -hmm. And that insight has to be translated into a brand action. And not everyone can do that. So it's not about, oh, well, they like this and just put a family around the table. Well, it's, any brand can put a family around the table. What is about my brand and how my brand relates to the consumer that is different and what I can do that no one else can do? So would you say that that data is coming or being analyzed by on the agency side or on the brand side? How's that, how's that working on your end? works more like we we analyze the data as a client but you know we bring that forward that knowledge to to the agency and we discuss and you know and it's important that they understand those nuances and understand how that can be you know transferring to that idea what is that brand action mm. but it, and i think it's it's important to talk about brand action sometimes we just talking about yeah that's a cool idea that could be a cool commercial but is a cool commercial going to generate a brand action? It's going to generate also consumer action. And, and the uniqueness of how that idea fits for this brand and only this brand, that's where the magic happens. Because if you can put any other brand, even within the same category, 
we lost it. We lost the, the, the fight there. But there's so, also value in saying it first, no? I mean, there's there's truths to the category that if you're the first one, I think the 30-minute thing could have been said by your competitors as well, but you owned it, right? That definitely that happened, uh, what was back in the 80s and 90s. Um, mm. That that definitely happens in many categories when you are the first. I mean, we have yeah. read many of the, you know, case studies about, you know, the rental car category, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's not all about saying the first, but it's sometimes you, you might be the second, but it's how you say it and how relevant it is to you. Do you own that? And it is a promise or is it actual action? You can say, I will do. No, no. It's different to say, I do. This is what I do for you. Not rather than I will do one day. I would. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. you want to be a brand that is ready to, you know, bring something forward to the consumer. And that's why I think sometimes we we re- forget about, we talk to people and we have to remember that consumers are the center. And if we don't have them, no business will exist. Yeah. Completely. Maria, what are your thoughts on this? I I really liked what you mentioned, Victoria, about how agencies and clients should act more like a partnership, because that way you break if if the client does well, then the agency does well. And it's a win win situation, of course. And then you're more seeing like a business transaction. You're seeing like an ally. And in this, how can you become irreplaceable? Like, how can can your what you do help so much that they think double think about losing you as an agency mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i think it's is you know the business so well you're intertwined in their business it's like when you have a new employee and you think oh i have to train them so it's going to take me a few months until they know the business they know how we do things and they know my client and is that learning curve. But once you have an agency that's really partner that is centered trying the business, in our case, they they know they that have worked in our stores, they you know, meet with our franchisees, that they are, they know who we are from inside out. That once that happens, that is a knowledge that you don't want that to go out the door, right? Mm-hmm. You invested, both sides invested. It's a marriage. <laughs> Except the things are really going bad. You try to make sure that that marriage, all marriages go, you know, good times and bad times. But it's how you make sure that it's stay long and stay strong and, and, and you work through it because you don't want to lose everything that you have built together. So I think that is how you become, you know, indispensable or irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. With that, like, and you, you mentioned earlier a little bit about compensation right like when you're when you bring value to you know one of the greatest ways of becoming irreplaceable or somebody that you obviously spend time in mentoring and ingraining the values of the company etc but when when it comes to compensation how do you compensate now that it's all broken down or how do you put the value on an idea like right now i think we do it by hours do you think there's a better way I think it's still the the way to do it, but I think it has to be other elements that they have been done for the last 10 years or so, where it get 
bonuses maybe based on sales results, right? Mm. Uh, or kind of that is more tied to the business. So you are, when you get compensated also for the sales, you are interested on yeah. an understanding that and, and, the and performance. really are, it's, you know, we all win, you know, like Maria said, but you know, how, how do you really get into understanding how it works and what drive those sales and what drive the consumer to, to acquire your product. And, and so I think that becomes everyone wants to have a seat at the table and figure out that together. And it, it is like when you do a review for, for an employee, right? An annual review and, you know, there is, and you have a bonus structure and it's tied to, you know, maybe in the agency because we want some accounts or the revenue of the agency. So the, the same way, if you look at the agencies from that perspective, they are part of your team. So mm-hmm. you share you share the wins and the, the, the losses, right? So I, I think that definitely is a, is a good way to, to look at these relationships. Oh, that's awesome. I think exploring that model is great. And Maria. And I have a question. So since you have been in both sides, do you think that your experience being in the agency side helped you now being on the client side, knowing how to manage, how to, you know, have the relationship with the agency? Yeah, I will say it, it helped. It helped to work with the agencies because I know where they're coming from. I know why they're asking me questions. And I remember when I started at Domino's, I was working with a Hispanic ad agency, one of your competitors well, back in the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we were working with them and to me it was really important to work with the account person and the, the strategic planning person very closely. Because to me, it's like, they're not going to give me what I need if they don't understand the business as good as I know it. Because at the end of the day, if you are as a client, that's all you do. But in the agency, many times you also have other clients that you're serving and you work with. So is I saw, at least for me, I saw that as my job to bring the agency into the fold and then and teach them and, and, and telling the stories. And, and I remember even I was learning the category and, and learning and we went around the, the country, visiting the stores, visiting the competition, but we did it together. We were a team. We were not, yeah. we were not client and agency. We were a team. So I think that is definitely something that I will, I will encourage you know, agencies and clients to do. That's the best relationship, right? Like when, you know, speaking of bringing an idea to life, when, when that idea truly comes from an integrated effort, right? Like yeah. with, with the client and, and, and with the agency. Um, and I'm curious, like when you think of sp- the spreading of ideas in, in, in a world like it looks so different from 2010 to today and even 2006 to 2010, where ideas have more and more pipelines to spread faster and better and at, <laughs> at a greater quality now that we're talking about 5G, etc. Like the value of those ideas, when whether they're created in the U.S. or in any other country, and they spread around the world, is that something that you guys are looking into? Like, how does that work as far as like compensation, ownership, 
you know, speaking of data, like capturing that data that th those behaviors generate or those ideas are triggering? In terms of ideas, I, I think we we believe ideas come from everywhere and <laughs> from any anyone. So because at the end of the world where you're looking is to give, like I said earlier, a great fix experience to everyone. Yeah. Uh, regardless if you're here in the US or you're in China or Australia. And so when you talk about that experience, it's not just about a great product that of course you should have, but is how you deliver that product, how you know you go and pick it up. What is that experience there? Why the experience of ordering your pizza? So ideas have to come from all over. And ideas can come from the agency, idea come, but it's not just a marketing thing, it's a business thing. Because your great ideas could be, you know, how someone show up to you the, at your door and deliver that pizza to you. And yeah. that is, you know, usually that's a team that reports into operations. And but so if you look at the part of the brand experience. Right, the it, brand experience. Exactly, and and so it has to come from everyone. It's not is is IT, is this technology in general, you know, and it is from operation, it's from marketing, it's from supply chain, it's every part of the business. So then innovation becomes the way you do business. That that you always again because if you are a work in progress brain and you are always looking to do better than yesterday, you have to improve every aspect of the business. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, then and that some of those ideas. The... Yeah, sorry. No, 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 and that becomes the norm uh, across the board, right? Not not necessarily in one market, but in 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 two markets, it's part of your brand anywhere you go. Yeah, and as then the ideas sometimes could become a TV campaign or could become just the way you experience when you're ordering, right? Not every idea is a TV spot. Totally. And yeah, I, it can be a, <laughs> a delivery method or a, or a ordering interface, but it's, it, it is indeed you related to the brand because of how you guys do business, right? How you guys operate, being in constant beta, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Which Which I think is great. I think also like when you think of Steve Jobs and and what the iPhone created for the market, I think the data points were created along the way of how behavior changed, but there wasn't really something that said, yeah, I want a phone and a computer and a, and a camera together, right? Until it happened, those data points started being created and, and, and consumer behavior started telling us a little bit of where to go without a doubt. Those things came from a consumer tension, right? The consumer was not going to tell you that's the, that's the whole old, old thing of the focus groups you go with they're not going to tell you this is what i want i want a phone that i can also send an email and i can also take pictures and order pizza and order pizza <laughs> exactly uh, so, right so they're not going to tell you that that's what they want they're going to tell you that their life is complicated. They have, you know, so many things to do at the same time. I would like to have something that's very convenient at my fingertips. What does it mean? And then, so thing is, are you taking that literally or are really interpreting and finding the insight that that tells you to create the solution for the consumer? Yeah, yeah. 
And talking about how you worked for Domino's in the international area, right? And how do you tackle when you're about to enter a new market that it's in a different, completely different culture? How do you manage all of that and how do you prepare yourself for success? That's a great question, Maria. And I, I think it goes back to partnership. I think we we cannot think that we can do everything on our own. That's why we work with master franchisees that they have the rights of the brand in each of the countries we work at or we, we open. Because we know that these master franchisees know the consumer, know the culture, know the market better than any of us. But what we bring to a table is the knowledge of the brand from what we want the brand to stand for around the world, but also what we have learned at this point with opening with 97 markets and counting around the world. So that is that partnership is global meets local. And you want to make sure that you embrace the consumer where they are. Like I said before, there's countries that pizza is part of their you know, a regular food country, but in others is a new thing, is not a category that's well-developed. So how do you enter there and you work with that market to develop that? So I think, again, it's it's about partnerships and and being open, right? Is understanding that not every consumer is the same, that cultures come in different forms and embrace that. That's why when you look at our menu in different countries around the world, you're going to find local ingredients and local well, things that represent the taste that that consumer. Because we want to embrace that. We want, we don't want to be cookie cutter. We want to make sure that that we embrace the local culture. And that is very different from from other from other brands around the world. Needless to say, you have a lot of friends around the world, I would say. <laughs> Yes, I do. Yeah. Hey, Victoria, about being in marketing, you know, of course, we're all now getting used to being watched with videos and social media and everything all the time, right? But in the world of marketing, as a public company, how does this change the way you operate and the way what you put out there in the world? Is there like, I, I, I'm guessing there's a lot of people that listen to us that have worked for public companies but some that have have not. And I want to make sure we're empathetic and we understand what does that mean from a marketing perspective? Uh, I think what that means is that you're very clear about your objectives and your KPIs because what you're doing, it has to, of course, result in, in some profits and that's kind of the basic of you know being a, a public company. But also what I will say makes us accountable and to be very precise, very focused on what matters and able to prioritize what's going to make the brand grow. You know, it, I, I don't I don't see this as a, as something that is limiting. You know, mm -hmm. I, I heard in the agency world, oh, you're you belong to a big corporation or you are, you know, private so you can do Network. what you want. Yeah. But but it. For me, is actually giving us to be very, very thoughtful about what we do to make sure what you do really produce an impact in the brand to make that brand grow. And that's how I see it. And that's how I feel myself accountable for it. 
So I know we're at, you know, almost at time. Maria had an exercise she wanted to do with you, but this has been this has been a great conversation. What do you think, Maria? Yes, I agree. And this is something new that we're trying in the podcast. It's a series of rapid fire questions. So just to conclude, we want to ask you some questions to pick your brain. And the dynamic of this is you give whatever comes to your mind and just something quick, quick. <laughs> All right. So are you ready, Victoria? Well, let's see. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> excited. <laughs> okay. So the first question, client or agency side? Client. Client. Oh, that's good. Okay. Now, are you more analytic or creative? Analytic. All right. Now, your favorite pizza flavor. Oh, I will say is thin crust and Brooklyn style spinach and feta. Mm. Fancy. We like nice. that. So you should okay. order that at Domino's next time. Please make that, a note. That's a good recommendation. We can call it the Victoria's Signature flavor. What project are you currently working on? Oh, a lot of 2023 planning. So that is definitely what's keep my, my day quite occupied lately. Now, in your opinion, what would you consider to be the best ad of all times? Oh my God. I, I would have to say, you know, I'm going to go with like the traditional, you know, what I think it was something that for me in my career make a difference is 1984 Apple. It, you know, it's kind of, you see that and then you, that open up the campaign for many years to come. Definitely that set the stage and that helped the brand build a story. Because if you put all these ads after that one, you flip through them it will be a book of the history of apple and so now i had to say for Domino's, and what we call the pizza turnaround when we launched the new and inspired crust because that was the beginning of a new chapter what i fell in love with a brand that set a different standard and that we can tell a gradual story to the consumer. I like to develop people. I strongly believe that we have to help people be their best, not only professionally, but personally. And if you have to, when you have people under you, you have to embrace them as that, as not only what they do at their job, but who they are as a person and manage them from that place because they will give you their best and you will be able to Knowing all that, help them develop their career. And now to end on a motivational matter, a motivational quote that you want to share with our listeners and with us. Oh, one thing that we always talk is change is constant. And I think we talk a lot about that in my team and in the company about that. But I will say as a, an immigrant in, in this country, I experienced that, that change is constant. I still discover things that I didn't know about this, this country and this culture. And so how you embrace that and how you're ready to write that journey that you might discover something new tomorrow. Nice. True. I like that. Goes very well with the beta mindset and yes. always in progress, <laughs> without a doubt. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Maria. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. we're very grateful, Victoria, for this. So Maria is going to take it home, and we hope to see you soon here. Uh, here. Yes. Thank you, Victoria. It was an honor having you here. And also, well, thank you, Francisco, for having me as a co-host. Oh, and shout out to our producer, Rolf Ries. And this time, assisting him is Pranav Kumar from our digital team. And Victoria, if someone would want to reach out to you, what is the best way to connect with you? Uh, I'm in LinkedIn, of course. So please send me a message uh, via LinkedIn and I will make sure to uh, answer. And make sure that said, I heard this podcast so we can keep connecting through this great channel. Yes. Awesome. So to everyone out there, check out and this and other episodes of Loud and Clear, the podcast for those who give a shit about advertising. Loud and Clear is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe and give us any feedback. We want to bring value to our community to make a better industry challenge the status quo. And look for more content and more about Lerma and our approach about advertising at LermaAgency.com. Two weeks. Thank you for listening, and until next time.